Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Jackie Dempsey, the co-artistic director of Squonk, an outdoor spectacle which fuses imaginative visual design with high-energy original music that you won't want to miss this weekend at the upcoming Alternating Currents Festival in Davenport, thanks to Quad City Arts and the Downtown Davenport Partnership. Hi there, Jackie. Hello. Now, your show has been described by Times Out New York as a blazingly unique spectacle. So let's describe for viewers what they'll find this weekend in Davenport. All right. Well, we're bringing our giant purple hands. They're about 25 feet tall, uh, inflatable. And um, the show revolves around the choreography, the movement of those hands. So we have 10 people in the group. There are five people in the band, sound person, and then four people we call our handlers because they work the hands. Uh, we have a giant set, a multi-level scaffolding that we perform on, that the musicians are set up on, and the audience can get involved. We bring audience members up at some point to pull on the fingers. Um, so there's just a lot of uh, visual spectacle happening, a lot of lively music, and just a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Well, the the photos are amazing, and I so hope people can come down and see it because you said they're over twenty feet tall. They weigh about four hundred pounds, and they're rigged somewhat like a sailing ship. That's right. That's right. So we had uh, the hands are they're in a, a, a large base that moves around that we wheel around, and it can pan and spin, and and then there are ropes to pull. That's the sailing ship part. Um, so yeah, they're they're pretty amazing. Uh, they're but giant. The most, I think they're the biggest hand puppets in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have a band, which you called the Squonkers, I believe. Um, yes. Yeah. And so, so there's somewhat of a dueling guitar uh, set up with this. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, there's one section where we actually take the thumbs off the hands and we put them there, they're uh, put them on backpacks so that the guitar player and the bass player wear the thumbs and they are the actual opposable thumbs. So they come out and they do their thumb battle and they're playing as they run around with these giant hands on their backs and our handlers are sort of watching them to make sure nothing goes wrong. Uh-huh. So quite extraordinary in, in all of this, the, the massive puppets, the whole spectacle of it, the wild revelry, as others have described it, is, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all set to original music. So who writes your music and how would you describe it? Um, I, I write the music, but it's a very collaborative mm. process. So um, I will, when we're starting on a show, but we, we've made, I don't know, maybe 14 or 15 productions over the course of our 30 years um, so far. And um, so Steve O'Hearn, who's my fellow artistic director, he comes up with the visual concept. And then I start working on the music and we go back and forth. He builds a model, he makes storyboards. I start writing songs and we sort of see how it all fits together. And as I work on the music, uh, I'll record myself playing keyboard and uh, or accordion. No, no accordion in this show, though. And um, and then I send my tracks off to the various people in the band. They start working on their parts, and then I work with them individually, sort of hear what they're doing, and then we eventually come together in a room, all of us, and we work it out. So it's uh, although I start everything and I finish everything, there's a lot of collaboration 
in the middle of it. So I think of myself, even though our music is not jazz, I think of myself in a way more like a jazz band leader than a composer or songwriter, because I don't, um, I don't tell everyone in the band what to play. They, their spirit comes in, their voices come in, and then I sort of mold it and meld it into the final squonkiness that it, that it is in the show. <laughs> I love that term, <laughs> squonkiness, but, but it, it's it's more progressive rock. Is is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say it's so hard, you know, to put a label on music, especially music that you're that you're writing. But um, I would say that's the closest thing because it is it's instrumental. Uh, which uh, we used to have a singer. We had many different singers in the group, but around maybe eight or so years ago, we, um, we decided not to have a singer anymore. So we're instrumental. There's guitar, bass, drums. Uh, I play keys. And then um, Steve plays a variety of wind instruments. Um, he plays in this show, he plays an electronic wind synthesizer and electronic bagpipes. Um, so, and the style, I think because everybody brings something to it, there's a, it's a real mix. So I come from a, a classical background, but I'm a great lover of rock music and pop music. And um, Steve comes from a Celtic background. Um, David, our guitarist, as a, comes from more of a classic rock background. Our drummer Jeremy has a, he's all over the place with um, rock and pop and jazz. And our uh, we have a new-ish bass player Tony who comes mostly from a, a jazz and funk rhythm and blues background. So it's a lot of styles all mixed together, but. I would say progressive rock would be the mm, easiest way to describe yeah, it. <laughs> something for everyone. And, and yes. uh, I do want people to know that this is an audience participation event. You had mentioned that earlier, but how do you get the audience involved exactly? So interestingly, um, the scene in the show where the audience comes up, um, they actually come up and they will pull the fingers on, on the hands for a portion of a, of a scene. So they're actually working the hands. And what's interesting to me is um, COVID changed the way we did that scene. So when we created this show and we premiered it shortly before COVID hit, and when we did the show pre-COVID, uh, we didn't tell audience members what we were going to do. So I would go out into the audience at one point in the song, and I would just start picking people. And they didn't know what they were being picked for. And so there was, I'd say, a little more reluctance because, you know, it's audience participation. You're like, well, what are they going to ask me to do? And so people would kind of shyly come up, and it was a little bit nerve-wracking for them. Um, but when COVID hit, we had to, we felt like we should warn people that we we're coming down into the audience because we, you know, we're breaking that wall. We're getting a little closer to people. So I would actually announce from the stage with my mic, I would say, Hey, I'm Jackie. I'm going to come down. I need some volunteers to help us pull the figures and I'm going to wear a mask and we've got hand sanitizer and please wear a mask. And, and so, um, what was funny was as soon as I announced what we were going to be doing, everybody started coming up to the stage. So we, there was no worry about not getting enough volunteers. And in fact, we would get so many people that we would have a line of people and we had to take turns and we had to extend the song. So the band had to vamp so we could keep going. So more and more people could get involved, which was fantastic. So, um, and it's really interesting. I remember the first time we did the show in 2019 in Baltimore, and it was the first time we brought an audience up to pull the fingers. And 
we're so used to those hands, we're around them all the time, but to watch someone interact with them for the very first time, just to see the joy on their faces, to see this giant thing up above them and they're working it and they're pulling it and their families in the audience, they're taking pictures and everybody's laughing and having fun. It was just a really transformative moment for me to see the impact that it could have. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I think making this a communal event, encouraging this this discovery and celebration, and, and you you had used this language that you are creating a community of the imagination. Um, so that's that's really uh, something very unique about what you're doing, and I can't wait to see it. Oh, good. I'm yeah. so glad. Yeah, when we we used to do indoor shows, and around about ten or so years ago, we started to just focus purely on outdoor work, and it just makes such a difference because you really are creating a community. You're anybody can come. The event is free. Doesn't matter what your background is, and just everyone is there together, experiencing this thing. And you don't have to worry: Am I wearing the right thing? Can I talk? Can I? How much are the tickets? You know, it's just you're there. And you're experiencing joy together, and it, it was. Um, and since then, we haven't looked back. We're just we love being outdoors with everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, while this particular show is called Hand to Hand, it is only one of you know many different imaginative shows that Squonk has put on over the years, and and a list of your your creative and very flamboyant creations is on your website, which people can find at Squonk. It's S Q U O N onk.org and you're celebrating your 30th anniversary season this year so congratulations on that how did uh, how did this journey of yours all begin well um steve and i met up uh we were he's an artist and a designer and i a musician i mean he's a musician as well but um I have formal training in music i went to college and grad school for music and steve did the same for design and so um we came together and we wanted to make work. We wanted to do stuff. And so we just thought that we'd combine music and art and just see what would happen. So we didn't have a narrative because neither one of us is a writer. We didn't have a theatrical background. When we first started, we were working with an actress who did have theatrical background. So we were putting all these elements together just to see what would, what would happen. And, um, we started traveling around. We started to gather more people to, uh, we figured a, a bigger band would make a, a difference to have drum and, and bass and uh, to get people's toes tapping because you can, you can kind of get people to experience any kind of show or visual if you can get them into the music. And if you can get their, you know, they're, they're feeling that music and they're like, whoa, what is always happening? You can sort of, you can uh, transfix them hopefully with the, with the beat and things that are happening musically. So, um, we started traveling around like all bands do one van, six of us, all of our music, all of our instruments, all of our props. We were playing in bars and uh, nightclubs, art galleries, and we traveled all over the country doing that. Um, I remember the first uh, sort of big bar show we had in Pittsburgh was at a place called the Bloomfield Bridge Tavern. And uh, I remember the terror of, what are we doing? We're going to go out there. We're going to wear these giant hats on our heads. People are going to think we're nuts and they're just going to ignore us. Well, we could not be ignored. <laughs> so um, it was really uh, just fun to just, just do it, just get out there and do our thing. And so um, traveled for a while doing the bar thing and eventually um, started, we got a commission in Pittsburgh um, from city theater to create a theatrical production called night of the living dead, the opera. 
So that was our first big theater show. We did a month long uh, run and we, we showed the film, the cult classic that was made right outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, we showed the film in its entirety and we, we wrote a new soundtrack for it and George Romero was involved and it was just an amazing experience. And so from there, we started to do bigger and bigger productions. Um, we eventually, a few years later, we ended up in New York. We did an off-Broadway run that transferred to Broadway, which was kind of a crazy place for us. Um, so crazy that we decided after that we were going to go nonprofit. <laughs> we didn't have to do commercial theater. And um, since then, we've just we've been making work and taking it on the road. Well, and you really have because you, you'd mentioned you were off Broadway, but you've also toured through Europe and Asia all over the United States. And, and it all yes. started in your hometown of Pittsburgh. I, I read this, um, that one of your initial big shows was in a Pittsburgh junkyard, which <laughs> I howled with laughter when I read that. <laughs> yes, it's a very, it's a very Pittsburgh thing, right? And the, <laughs> the funny thing was the guy who owned the junkyard, made sure that we called it a recycling yard because it was definitely a recycling yard. Okay, recycling and yard. We, <laughs> we had the, we set up a dance floor, um, a stage on in the junkyard and we had um, a, a dance troupe come and, and uh, perform with us. We, we, the, we had platforms that were made of crushed cars. And so those little blocks of crushed cars would build these giant uh, platforms for the musicians to play on. And I played in the back of a, dump truck and we had the crane operator was the was a part of the show he would he would swing his crane around uh to the music and there were there were train tracks nearby so the trains were going by um <laughs> it was just a one night only free event uh for people to come and it was it was pretty wild <laughs> well the pervasive theme seems to be i think your sense of humor do you do you think that's one of our best tools to live a full life Oh, definitely. I don't know how you get by without it. I mean, even in the most trying times, you just got to laugh. Um, it's, it's how, for me, it's, it's how I make it through everything. And um, it's doing squonk for me is about spreading that joy and making people smile and, and making them laugh. And there's so much in the world going on and in your personal life, but also in the uh, out in the world that um, it's just great to have an escape every once in a while, even if it's only for 30 minutes or an hour, just to be in a space where uh, we're just trying to make you happy. Yeah. Well, Jackie Dempsey, thank you so much for talking today and for bringing this here to our community. Thank you. We're excited to be back. Head to the Skybridge parking lot in downtown Davenport this weekend to see Squonk's giant puppetry creation hand to hand. Performances are Friday, August 19th at 6 and 8.30 p.m., Saturday, August 20th at 11.30 a.m. and both 7 and 10 p.m., and Sunday, August 21st at 1 p.m. All performances last one hour and are free of charge. You won't want to miss this. To watch a video of the action, check out squonk.org. More information can also be found online at quadcityarts.com or alternatingcurrents.com qc.com. There is also an alternating currents app that you can download to find a complete list of all the events, and there are many this weekend. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal. 
Thank you.